0: Welcome to the Leaders in Construction podcast with me, Stuart Wallace. This is where we tell the stories of construction industry leaders from all across the world in hope of inspiring others to show them that anything is possible. This week, I'm speaking to Andreas Beck, Managing Director of Zorna Group. Let's get into it. Andreas, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Good morning, Stuart. Very good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm glad that you... uh... You got me up to the Central European Time doing the eight o'clock in the morning podcast. <laughs> Early well, morning start, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I wouldn't expect nothing less. Um, look, let's start by just taking it right back to the beginning. Sort of talk me through of where you were, where you were brought up, and childhood and that sort of thing.
1: Hmm. So I was born in uh, in a state called Upper Austria. It's in the middle of uh, Austria between uh, Vienna and Salzburg. So I was born in nineteen eighty two. and I got forty quite recently uh yeah, congratulations uh, <laughs> 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 and the uh then i went through the uh, so i have a brother he's three years younger he's also in construction yeah so every now and then we work together as long as we can keep the, the financial elements out of it it's a great uh collaboration <laughs> but you know money and family you need to be careful yeah yeah
0: exactly and-
1: um and then i went to uh to school yeah and they i uh, did a technical uh study and then 2003 i started to work straight yeah. after school then I did a couple of studies besides working uh. and so 2003 i started the, uh, with um, a company called uh, mce back then which later became Billfinger as a mechanical project engineer um i think i started in june 2003 it was maybe four or five days in the office and then they sent me straight to a site uh, which I believe was a great experience. Yeah? So on the site, then they you know they gave me the task of measuring all the supports installed. So I got a great knowledge of all the plant and you know what the business is all about and what, um, meeting, which, what, which what industry
0: was that? What industry was, was that? It was a at the time?
1: pharma, a pharma project, yeah. So I'm in pharma right. more or less my whole career. That's that's where I started and that, that's obviously where I'm still involved. You know? So that's the that's Let's say the golden line throughout the my work history so far.
0: And um, obviously, you started out straight away, um, like you said. Obviously, five days in the office and then straight onto site. Hmm. Do you think? Do you think that helped you? And, and do you think that that accompanied with education then just give you a really good balance?
1: Well, I wouldn't say. I would say you know, like as we know it now with onboarding and so there wasn't onboarding, yeah. So you know they set me in an office for a couple of days and they said, you know, next Monday you yeah, you, know, you travel to a side with this guy. But I think it, the, <laughs> the the side experience really helped me a lot because there was an existing team and obviously, you know, they you know, taught me a few a few things, and then it really gave me the, the practical input I needed after uh, school. So I think it was very helpful, extremely helpful.
0: And when you was uh, when you was first starting to study, um, I, I can see there that you was uh, it says a mechanical industrial engineering um so that was the diploma right um 2006 to 2008 so mm. that was obviously when you was with mce so was you what was your split how did you do the course and obviously work on site at the time
1: yeah so the the, the studying I did was always it was one week per month so right you know, i spent the other day other uh, weeks on site and then was a week per month studying and then every semester there was a a full week of all the exams but i worked out okay you know it was busy enough times yeah because as you can imagine the site doesn't stop even if you need to get away for studying but i think it was it it really helped me a lot because the the the, also brought a lot of commercial knowledge to me which i didn't get from my initial degree
0: yeah makes sense and i know we've kind of skipped a bit but and, and you obviously mentioned that your brother's also in construction right how did you actually mm. what made you want to get into it post-school like what was what was the reason that you went to to construction rather than something else
1: well when i was still uh, at school uh i did a summer internship uh with a construction company a ductwork company uh, and i really enjoyed it and i said you know that's that's an interesting profession and i also wanted to get you know get abroad you know get to other countries and obviously as well you know make a few bucks and yeah uh, i think that that was i mean that's when you're when you're young that's what you want to do you know you want to get out and then you want to see something but obviously also as well to make a good earning for your living and that's that's why construction really fitted well
0: and do, do you find um from you know to to anybody any listeners that are sort of leaving school now and and mm. um, looking for a career and they do want to go and see the world that construction especially in you know uh, the stuff like mm. that on Zona involved in like the farmer industry and data centers it's a good industry to get into.
1: I think it's really an exciting industry. Yeah, so I think on one obviously it's demanding, but then. On the other one you know at the end what we do is so we we deliver projects which help patients at the end so i think the one of the greatest projects we did was the the moderna project uh where they they produced the one of the first covid vaccines yeah? So that it, you know the whole project team they really focused and engaged because like the whole world was watching you know how fast can we deliver the project so they can actually start producing yeah. so it was i mean normally our projects are not that interested for you know for the you know for the family at home because you know they, they don't know about these types of you know which drugs or for which medicine but I think the the, the Moderna project that was really a project where everybody knew about it and the, it was uh, top news in all the, all the media so that was really cool.
0: Perfect. And did you um just into obviously to your career did you always want to be um you know a managing director? Is that was always something that was on your list? Or did you did you ever want to be something else?
1: No, I think the that's that's really what I wanted to, to do, you know, growing grow my role, growing my position. Obviously, you know, I didn't know when I started to work uh, nearly 20 years ago that, you know, I would work in a family-owned business and I would become a... But I've always wanted to, you know, get into a leadership position. So I think that, that was always my target. And as I said, construction, I think it's a fascinating industry. I really love it and I think it has a lot of prospects and the, also for, you know, when you want to move something and do something, construction is the right thing to to enter. Yeah?
0: And over the years from going through your career, obviously, I know that you was, um, obviously you worked your way up through Bill Finger Salzburg as a contracts and project manager um, and then you moved up and then obviously then you went into Zona. Was you've been there for about, what would you say, about Eight seven, and a half years a half. now, yeah. Yeah, eight and a half years. Um, what kept you motivated to go to the next level all the time? And when it's, I, I, I think that there's, there's obviously a lot of patterns between people who get to the top, right? Um, and there's and it's it's weathering a lot of storms and it's being able to be very, you know, uh, resilient. What what made mm-hmm. you? What motivated you to keep going?
1: Well, I think in general, you know, I'm I'm really passionate about what I do, and I want to grow the business, you know, it makes, it makes great fun. You know, when you work together with, you know, like the great people we have here at Sauna and you see that you can make a difference, yeah? you can make a plan. And then you see the plan, um, being, becoming reality. And obviously in, in you know, we're living in times where it's, we are also working industry, which are qu- quite growing, uh, expanding. So, you know, if you want to follow our clients, we need to also follow the same path, I think mean, that's, that's quite exciting, you know, would be much more difficult if you were on the downside and you know how oh, can you trim here and there so i think the, you know that's a great situation to be in at the moment uh, for all of us
0: i think one of the biggest things at the moment that's talked about is having a work-life balance right mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. the world the world's obviously gone crazy over it and, and, and i i completely understand why and, and it's, it is important to get the balance but also it can go too far another way where people are not motivated in the job right and um, it seems like you're ex- you can see quite clearly you're excited about the industry and the job that you're in. Do you think it's really important to be excited about your job because you are there one third of your life?
1: Yeah, I know you spend a lot of time in your workplace or on a site. Uh, and so, so I think it's important, you know, if you don't like to go to work and uh, if you don't like what you do, then, you know, there's something wrong because then you don't have the, the dedication, the passion. And then obviously this will reflect in in the output you're doing. At work, so I think it's important, obviously, to have this balance because if you don't have a balance, then you also don't, you know, it doesn't make fun to work. But if you can manage a balance and the work makes fun, and you know you enjoy what you do, and you can be dedicated and passionate, that's that's what you really want to have. Obviously,
0: as you obviously it's it's
1: it's not always great, you know. You can have uh, projects who are not running well, and then it's much more difficult to motivate yourself than if you know. It's all running well but it's you know when you come out of a project which is not great and you know you manage to handle it then it's also a success you know
0: yeah um and just on that point so you've obviously been there before you've been project-based um traveling rotational Mm. um you know good projects bad projects you know they'd be right to say every project manager has experienced it um what do you think is sort of the most important key trait to be able to be a good project manager and grow within that position? Hmm.
1: Well, I would say the um, dedication and passion about what you do and uh, to follow through every step of the way. Obviously, you know, it's important that you have good communication skills and then you have a good technical knowledge. But I think it's, you know, your because as a project manager, you lead the project team yeah? and you can only lead by example. I think it's, you know, as I said, it's important to have communication skills. But if the, the people see you're only a talker, then, you know, this will not work on the long run. So sometimes yeah. it means as a PM, you have to put in a lot of hard work, more hard work than the others to to demonstrate to them. So that's how we can deliver a project.
0: And is, is that why you find a lot of the, say, project managers sometimes doing extra hours where, where it's needed just to make sure that they're leading from the front?
1: Oh absolutely. I think the, the you know project manager is the most challenging job uh, we have in this industry because every everything on a project is focused on the on the PM. So uh, you know, the clients first point of contact is the PM. The project team members first point of contact is the PM, and obviously also you know the management in the company, you know, you always approach the PM first, and if there is an issue, you expect him to fix the
0: issue. And 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 how important is the, um, do you know, the, the overall planning of the projects and the planning of the project manager? Because we see this quite a lot and we, a lot of the clients that we, um, that we deal with constantly asking for project managers that have a good, ideally have a, a good background in either scheduling as well to be able to look ahead. You, how important is that for a project manager?
1: Yeah, so I think it's very important to have a basic knowledge, but what we try to get away from is, some, you know, Back in the days, and even when I started, it was like, you know, you're a project manager. It means you're the PM, you're the planner, you're the QS, and then you're maybe the quality guy. But, you know, that (laughs) doesn't work anymore because on the the client side, you know, we have counterparts for each discipline. So it's important for the PM to have an overview and to direct the planner in a certain direction and give him feedback and review the schedule with him, whereas I don't think the project manager needs to be a planner. it's more important to have a good overview across
0: all the disciplines. Yeah. yeah, Makes sense. I and mean, then you have a specialist in each area, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Obviously if sense. it's a
1: small project then uh, then it's different Yeah,
0: but I'm, I'm speaking about larger projects where you have a team. Yeah? And uh, obviously on the, the say, ob- as we are speaking about work-life balance, you've now gone, as you gradually get, you know, you climb the ladder a little bit more, there is less frequent travel, still a lot of travel within your, within your role, but, mm-hmm. um, you do get you start to get a better work life balance and that comes from natural delayed gratification of you doing all the air miles previously right that's just what it that's just how the game works what would you say to kind of maybe your 18 year old self that maybe starting out as as a project manager that's that's probably looking at rotations a little bit in a different way right now how would you mm. what what guidance would you give yourself
1: well i would say the, you know it's it's important to to, to have a good plan and to follow through what you want to achieve in your life and the i think the when you have the time and the the motivation and you know you're probably you know at home it's all be easier than you know use the time travel a bit more spend more time on on sites um probably when i, when I look back so I, I worked on a lot of different sites yeah, but i rarely spend any time to like say visit the city or so because you know you see you, you fly in you see the airport and maybe a train station or rental car, and the side the hotel, then you go back, yeah? I think it, it would probably make sense to also look a bit more on the other side. But obviously, you know, you want to minimise the time you're spending there than travel home and walk long hours. It's easier said than done, but I would say, you know, use the, use the time in early days. You know? Well,
0: Yeah, wisely. Makes sense. And from your career, what would you say is the, the what would you say the biggest failure has been, Andreas? And how did you, you know, how did you, how did you, what did you learn from it? how did you come back from it
1: yeah it's so biggest failure the there's a project the, which is prime to be named that yeah? so when i started with uh sauna around eight and a half years ago we were quite in large need for work huh? so we took on a big uh, turnaround in finland in the nordics and well, maybe fair enough you know some of the assumptions we made might not be ideal but the overall the, the project was a real disaster yeah it's a bit like with you know with murphy's law one thing went to the other and it it, it was really tough um so the whole prep so the the turnaround was set for six weeks and there was probably three four months preparation time and prefab and so on and as you know you know engineering documents get delayed and you know one thing led to the other so we were not really prepared and also our client was not really prepared Uh, but then there was this turnaround so it was set for six weeks and they were probably the toughest six working weeks of of my career and also for all of our team members because basically we had to work seven days per week for these six weeks and uh i remember um so normally i always go for lunch to my parents-in-law every sunday yeah. Yeah? so on these six weeks yeah? so i went to the lunch and then i said you know guys i need to leave now because i need to go on a caller yeah? uh, <laughs> so every sunday you know we had the, these updates calls with their clients management and that was really painful yeah but i would say the the lucky with our team really hold together and then we successfully completed the turnaround and you know the they took our lessons out of it so one of the the thing was that you know we don't want to get into this turnaround business as a company outside of austria and um Back then I also said I don't want to do any more work in Finland, yeah. But luckily a few <laughs> years later, I changed my yeah. mind and we delivered a great uh, hyperscale data center for well
0: known client, and you know, I made my peace with, with Finland. Yeah? So <laughs> and uh, I was I was gonna say, um you definitely it's definitely character building when you go through them, but you know, through them bad times. You probably there's obviously there's a, there's a quote that's always out there that you learn more from you know the uh, the hard times, right? So what do you think you specifically yeah. learned what do you say as a team?
1: Yeah. Um, I think on one hand, obviously, you learned on who is reliable and who isn't reliable. And the other yeah. one is, you know, the, it's all about preparation. Yeah? Preparation and then maybe, you know, back in the day, it would make sense to escalate it maybe a bit more with the client before this thing started uh, because, you know, they gave us more and more work and the schedule didn't change. It was all in these
0: six weeks yeah it makes sense and sort of taking us to where you are today then Andreas what I'm always very um, intrigued by when you know successful people in top positions what does their typical morning routine look like for them like is it it, it, usually for a lot of people have the same morning routine and they like to stick to it so it's a bit of um, Mm. discipline what's yours
1: my, my routine varies a bit uh, because I still have to do traveling. So maybe I travel two or three days every other week. Yeah, which obviously, you know, my the routine will is dependent on where I have to go and when I need to get up. Yeah, but I would say when yeah. I'm in the office, uh, it's either so after business trips, I mostly get into the office a bit later because I bring the kids to the school and kindergarten. Yeah, uh, yeah. But on a normal office day, I get up around 5, five forty-five, try to be in the office around six fifteen. Yeah, and you know, well, we I can early start.
0: Why oh, it's the best time of
1: the day, you know, the two, three hours in the morning where you can really work through the emails and, you know, get some stuff done before meetings kick in and
0: calls. That's a good, it's a good time. Do you find that, I'm always intrigued because it seems like a lot of people seem to optimize the morning time. Mm-hmm. Why do you find, do you find you're more productive in that morning than, than later on in the day? Is it because there's no noise?
1: Yeah, it's because the office is quite, empty at this time you know there are no meetings set for the first two hours of the day and you can really work through you know clear the inbox get some stuff done where you need to be focused
0: do you find um when you don't have that day slightly because something upsets it in the calendar do you find the days less productive when you miss that first batch of the day
1: oh it is yeah, because then you start immediately with meetings and calls and whatnot and then you, you, you know you still have this task to do to clear the inbox or to work on some items or you need some peace and then sometimes it lasts until the next day when
0: you can really get to it yeah yeah um and obviously talking about going to sort of you know um striving towards your goals who's been the probably the most influential people in your life today mm. and whether that business business personal can be either
1: yeah so i would say the um there's not one specific person, I would say, which have, has made an impact. I would say it's more that um, it's also not what you so, from my opinion, what you can learn from a person on how to do it. But it's more, on, and I, see, I see that in my past on to learn how you're not going to do it. So, for example, yeah. it's uh, very important that you're always clear with your team, with the employees, you know, tell them the truth. And if you have a promise made to them, then you need to fulfill the promise. Yeah, You can't break it. It's very important. Uh, it's a simple rule, but obviously I've learned in the past that, you know, um, so this, this is one of the learnings I took from from influential people. But as I said, so influential can be uh, in both ways. You know?
0: and, and have you found... Um... So when you're talking about influences, do you just do you see everybody, it, everybody really as an influencer in their own right? So it's um, you'll follow th- people in the industry and you'll see things done well, done badly. How you and you're trying to almost uh, adapt and evolve your own way of working to to suit.
1: Absolutely, and it's sometimes it's not a right or wrong. It's just maybe you know, you want to do it differently, or that's also you know. I would like to do it. So I think think it's you know you can you can absorb a lot of information from people you work with, from people you see, from you know previous uh, people you work with, previous employers, and then you say you know you want to take the good things out of it and you know implement it. But as equally important, if not more important, you want to take you know the bad things away and make sure that you know you're not falling into the same trap when you've learned yourself
0: that this is not good. What what would you say the biggest? There's a couple of different challenges, right? Um, obviously there's the industry challenges, but first of all, what would you say the biggest personal challenges you've come across? Obviously, you've got children yourself um mm. and a wife, and obviously you're in a senior position. It's very demanding, it's been demanding for a long time. Has there been any sort of external challenges that's that you've come that you've had to come up against that have been very, you know, they've took took a lot out of you?
1: Yeah, I think a, a big challenge obviously was that you know in the company when we did the transformation in the management uh, so the old management without and then uh, the new management came in. So a lot of people have been promoted also from the likes of a project manager to a business unit lead. So that that obviously was quite a big of an effort, yeah. Also to make sure that you know these that the new business unit leads can also make their own decisions and um interfering with them because I, I did that previously and i would say in general it's you know the labor market is for sure our biggest challenge huh? i think the, we have a lot of work going on and it's very difficult to get obviously good new people that's also how the two of us got engaged yeah huh? that yeah to help us uh, tackle <laughs> yeah. the challenge huh? but, uh, yeah which you know we're happy with with the support but obviously as you know it's a constant it's a constant challenge and i think the top focus we have obviously it's important to do rec- recruitment i fully agree but the top focus we have is to retain our people yeah because the, you know that's yeah. we don't have any product as a business all we have is all we have is you know great people delivering great projects so as long as we can keep the great people you know we can continue delivering great projects yeah but obviously yeah, it's is uh the- it's because the it's it's a candidate market at the moment it's a challenge, and you know we work daily, very hard to make sure you know, people are happy and that you know we treat them well. Then they stay with us.
0: I I think you've you've hit the nail on the head. Um, and it's it's a trait that you know for the past three podcasts, everybody said exactly the same thing: is mm. um constru- construction. It's always been it's always been known that the people are your business, but it's really paramount right now that the people, you know, without the people you've got no business. And I suppose we've limited talent. Everybody's trying to retain the best talent. Right. But also you've got another company identical that's looking for exactly the same talent. So it's a very demanding market and everybody's, and there's too many recruiters, right? Too many of them. Um, and oh, way too many. hundred so, percent. Yeah. 100%, yeah. So, that's, so that's also, you know, we focus on, you know. yeah. Yeah um so what do, what what's the key to what's the key to you retaining people how do you find what's been the best retention and have you learned things over the years that's that's that, that's helped you
1: yeah obviously it's you know treat employees well give them a good surrounding uh and it's important to pay them well obviously yeah. uh, but also give them a good prospect you know show them that they're working in a great company you know share the ideas and you know make them as we discussed earlier, you know, they need to come to work, you know, in good spirit and they need to like, they need to love the work they are doing. And uh, you know, if you can support them making that happen, then that's the best recipe
0: to retain them. You have a very dynamic business that um, obviously we have experience working with um, and I've worked with a lot of businesses and there's there's not really many companies out there like the Group and do it the same way that you guys do. Um, why is it so fluid and why is this just seem that there is a massive collaboration approach it doesn't seem like it seems like you can be a project engineer and have a real say within the business like you can, you know you can really make a difference it doesn't there mm. is no cap there isn't there doesn't seem like there's a lid or
1: yes i think it's a great advantage and i know that also from my own uh, professional experience that you know a family-owned business is totally different than uh if you're a you know multinational group that's 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 a big advantage and then obviously the other one is that you know you need to stay always from the management side hands-on and you know the door needs to be always open for every employee and they need to feel that you know if they reach out then their voice also will be heard
0: yeah okay and um what would you say then to anybody in sort of a you know a a sort of a a project engineer position that wants to take a step up um what would you say that what do they need to do on a day-to-day basis to get to that next level like what's or even the project manager what's the what's the key traits really that you think like if you were back in that position now mm. how did you how did you step up what were the what are the things that like you need to be doing day in day out and how consistent do you need to be
1: yeah i think you you know even as a project engineer you can still think you know what could be next and how could I, you have a standard task as a project engineer, let's say, you know, you need to order materials or you need to look after a measure or whatever. But so let's let's say that's the the, the standard task you have to fulfill, but there are a lot of other tasks on a project. And then, you know, you can bring in your knowledge and, you know, take on maybe work, which nobody has directed you to take it on, but, you know, show initiative where you see there is a gap here or there in a project, you know, I could take it on, you know, be proactive and then obviously it's uh or to push then the pm or the your line manager to show the dedication and then demonstrate you're ready for the next step
0: and do you, but do you, so, think you know it's... people who look around the
1: their own plate that's the that's the best method do you think it's Taking about
0: being step. it being being exposed and uh, being getting yourself so instead of just Waiting for somebody to expose you into an area, going yes. and dive, diving in, and trying to, you know, get yourself exposed to that, to that new, mm. to that new thing you're trying to learn.
1: Because obviously, it would always be easier, you know, if to, if you stay in your comfortable environment. But sometimes, you know, to, to take a step out of the environment, that that makes a difference. And everybody had, has to do everything for the first time, so uh, don't be afraid to do it and. I think the, I encourage everybody to do, or to try it out. there. Yeah? it's much better than you know. You're hesitant. You don't want to make a mistake. You know, you don't do it. And but if everybody would do it the same way, then you know we wouldn't we wouldn't get anywhere.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to take risks. Um, 100. It's it's, and I think you you only find out what you're good at or what you're bad at. So by even just taking that risk, and I think, um, just like you did the turnaround job in Finland, as you mentioned before, hundred percent. Somebody- so, uh, <laughs> you, yeah, maybe something that you had to do and it kind of shown you exactly what you you know what you maybe didn't want to do again. Um maybe you would have delivered it better the next time. That always happens on the first one, but obviously it depends how traumatic it was. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well I don't recommend everybody to do a prep project, but I think he, in every project there are ups and downs so you can take on the learnings and the lessons from, from phases like
0: them and make sure you implement them well. So what does um, what does the next five years look like for you as an individual? Where do you see mm-hmm. your career going? And then also, where do you see Zona as a business? What industries? What markets? Where will you be? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I think the, the 2022 yeah, was my first year as DMD in the company uh, and I enjoyed it quite a lot. Yeah? I think the next five years, you know, we want to strengthen the company, um, build up on the successful growth from the last few years. Um, probably open up you know a new office here or there croatia could be next on on our list yeah okay. which, would be, which would be quite exciting yeah um and i think the you know we have achieved some some great things So, for example this year we become the number one mechanical contract in austria yeah? and then also the in thanks a lot uh, in our state so there's a ranking across all the businesses uh doesn't matter which industry so we managed to get into the top 100 of this ranking so I think we you sort know, of develop the company, strengthen us, and the, um, I expect us to remain in, in Europe. I think we, we see there is a lot of work in our industries in Europe. And um, I think it's also working on other continents that wouldn't we'll work with any sort of work-life balance. And it's not on my plan
0: for the next five years to
1: work 24-7. So, <laughs> so.
0: yeah. How, is it, how important is it to, for you to spend time with your family?
1: Oh, it's very important huh? uh I think you, you you need to switch off and you need to get some time away from work so you can really enjoy work and obviously my quits so they are four and nine, and uh now is the time when you know to spend spend it with them yeah when they're grown up, they say you know now it yeah. so it's the least so very important so try to maximize the time I spend with them
0: yeah. Makes sense. And what do you think the what do you think the industry is going to look like? So the industries that you that you operate in, and do you see any new emerging markets and all this this stuff about carbon capture and stuff now? Yeah. So
1: I think on? the you know our core markets are uh, life science, data centers, battery manufacturing. Uh, we also work on semiconductor projects, and as you mentioned, quite recently we entered into direct air capture. uh And yeah. the all these industries have in common that you know they are they are growing, they are expanding. So it's 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 an exciting time and it will be more or less similar that's what i expected in the next couple of years there will be a lot of investments in key markets and key industries so it's a good it's a good alignment um there will be a few other industries which which will emerge like you know for green steel for example it's a big topic uh, which we'll see pop up soon but i would say the, you know we, we focus on our core industries um and and I think it's always important as a company to follow the trends and see, you know, like as I, like I said, you know, green steel, what's development. And then if it becomes a, an opportunity, then, you know, look at it closely. Like we've done with battery manufacturing. Uh, and then if it's interesting, then, you know, try it out. As I, you, you know, you need to develop the company and always try to refocus on, on, on the future, on the outlook.
0: I also think... Um... You're completely right. And the industries that you're focusing are in are all areas that through COVID, right? For, for for any listeners listening out there that are looking to get into different industries of construction were pretty safe bets, right? and um, through, you know, that kind of seem to ride um, I suppose, economic pressures as well as um the, the issues around COVID, because it still seemed to a lot of these, a lot of the projects were like you said before, the Moderna. Like we're obviously specifically around to um constructing facilities for the vaccine um obviously with the with the t- everything's gone to um, everything's in the cloud right now and needs to be stored so the mm-hmm. data centers data centers are not being you know not stopped being built and then you've you know we've got targets to reach to reduce carbon emissions and um so the the, the battery manufacturing projects are, are constantly ongoing so you know you, i suppose for anybody kind of listening and i suppose wanting to join companies that are going to be a bit of a safe bet then yeah you definitely want companies that are working in them industries 100 yeah
1: so i think it's, it's exciting industries but obviously are also very demanding because all these industries have in common
0: it's all about time to market so, yeah. so it's fast-paced so you need to be somebody who is you know who's, who likes that environment right yeah yeah Perfect. Look, let's move on to some light-hearted stuff. So I've got, uh, we've got nine questions for you. Um, yep. Nice and Very easy, good. right? Um, what is your favourite film of all time? Uh, Star Wars. Star Wars, right? Okay. <laughs> or, 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 all? No, I them? think
1: the, the, uh, the old trilogy that was the best one. Yeah. Right. Okay. You know, back in the, Back there.
0: Fav- favorite sport? The eighties.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. What's your favourite sport?
1: Sport, uh, golf, yeah. I really love golf. I only started like two years ago, but it really got to me. I think it's a great distraction from work. It, you know, keeps you focused on just just playing golf. And I try to play around twice per week now, yeah. So uh, if I wouldn't have to work, I would probably play more often, but <laughs> that's how it is, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. So when we were talking about your five year plan, would it be to retire and play golf every day?
1: No, I don't think so, you know. Still
0: young enough to have more than five years yeah <laughs> and um what would be your favorite music genre and artist yeah.
1: so i really like uh, hip-hop yeah it gives me great uh, distraction and uh balance for work um so there's a guy called and you might not know him uh, he's called capital he's a german guy i really like yeah. his uh, lyrics and his beats yeah uh, so
0: yeah, that was, that was a surprising one when I heard that you were uh, into Germany. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know. If you could have a coffee with any historical figure from any time, mm-hmm. uh, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I think it would be uh, Niccolò Machiavelli. Uh, he lived uh, in the early 1500s uh, and he was the author of a book called Il Principe. Yeah? So even back yeah. in the days, you know, he had great views on how things look like yeah so i think that would be an amazing uh character to have coffee with yeah?
0: perfect favorite color uh blue surprising you're a manchester united fan but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know that <laughs> yeah. was uh yeah. yeah uh favorite meal uh pizza okay what's your worst sport you won't watch it hate it won't play it
1: um worst sport um a good question, but as we have winter now, you know, the uh, there's one sport I'm really not good at is ice skating. I, I've never learned it there, yeah? but I can see now with the kids when I bring them to training, you know, how easy it is. And then look at myself, you know, Jesus, you know, that's uh, <laughs> so, it looks is that so something... easy, but it's still so difficult. Yeah.
0: <laughs> is it something that you'd be
1: willing to learn? Uh, I don't know. My, you know, my daughter, she keeps pushing, so maybe I will eventually, you know.
0: Brilliant. Um. What's a TV show that you dislike the most that maybe it's on in your household and you're
1: like, nah, turning it on? Uh, I think the, the TV show I disliked most is Game of Thrones, yeah. Um right. I think it's it's by far the best show I ever watched, you know. It's it's fantastic, yeah. But I think the what they did is they really screwed up the, the grand finale, yeah. So the show the lasted over eight years, and I'm not sure you watched it, huh? Yeah? I, I have a look. Of- uh, it was like eight years, you know, and everything was Prime to happen then at the final season and then you think like, you know come on guys yeah couldn't you have found a better ending yeah
0: yeah no so. look i completely agree i i um i was quite lucky i never watched it for eight years or whatever it was eight seasons uh-huh. and then i just got to binge watch i watched them all over uh-huh, the post, yeah, yeah. like every night two episodes so i got really into it and then the new season and then it just yeah just ruined everything i uh-huh, know like, i watched yeah, it but,
1: for eight years you know every year and then
0: yeah yeah it felt like it cut a hole in you jesus um so last question Mm -hmm. if you if you could nominate anybody that you know uh that you know right now or even somebody that you'd that you that you know that you might work for or work with that you that you'd like to hear on the podcast next for me to tell their story who would it be
1: i would say i would like to hear more about people in our industry in general i think it's always quite interesting you know people in similar roles maybe similar companies to see you know what
0: was their career path and what makes them thrive you've got to nominate one you've got to nominate that's the real who would you who would you like to nominate
1: um maybe um liam linehan from sds Yeah, he's a great guy works in business development and uh, have a great time for him so
0: he has an, I'm sure he has an exciting story to share. Yeah. Perfect. Look, Andreas, really appreciate mm-hmm. your time. Um, yeah, look forward to catching up soon. Good stuff, Stuart. Thanks a lot for the time. Okay, have a good one. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Leaders in Construction podcast with me, Stuart Wallace. I hope this episode has inspired you in more ways than one. Until next time.